when Jesus Christ came on the world scene announcing God's present and approaching kingdom, he said we must be born again or reborn of water and spirit. Let's talk about the spirit. If this is the first time we're meeting, my name is Chris and this is Foundation Bible Studies where we help connect you with your creator in Jesus Christ both experientially and informationally to help you have a solid foundational relationship with him so that way you can fulfill the purpose you were created for. As Jesus went about teaching about the kingdom of God, there were many things about it that he taught about such as how it grows and its characteristics and the characteristics of the people of the kingdom. But what it takes to be a part of the kingdom, Jesus was very specific about and left no qualms or no guesswork to it. We find his teaching about what it takes to be a part of God's kingdom in the Gospel of John chapter 3 starting at verse 1. Here we find Jesus having a conversation with a Jewish religious leader named Nicodemus. And starting in verse 1, it says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Nicodemus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So we see that Jesus said we must be born again or reborn of both water and spirit. As I said, I previously covered the water portion in a previous video and you can check out that video. I'll link it down below. And I've previously made a shorter form video about the kingdom of God. It's a very expansive subject. So one of these days I will do a in-depth teaching that you can come check out and I will put timestamps so you can kind of skip through it as well. But when it comes to being born again or reborn of the spirit, we want to find out exactly what is it that Jesus taught so we can know what it is we can expect. And if you're up for it and if you feel God drawing you, you can partake of it so you can be a part of God's kingdom presently as well as in the future. One thing to point out when it comes to talk about the Holy Spirit is most Bible teachers will take you specifically and teach you specifically only from the New Testament. But the Bible is made up of two parts. The Bible is made up of both an Old Testament and a New Testament. Those words in general mean both a will as well as a covenant. A covenant is a sacred agreement between either two people or a person and their deity or a group of people and the deity or the God that they are devoted to. When Jesus came on the scene, all that they had was the Old Testament or what the Jewish people called the Tanakh, the Torah, the prophets, and the writings. So when most teachers teach about the Holy Spirit, most of them will only teach you from the New Testament, but Jesus did not have the New Testament at that time as they were the ones living it out. 
So let's look back at the Old Testament real quick and see specifically what it was that Jesus was talking about when he was speaking about the Spirit. We will look at the writings of one of God's prophets named Ezekiel. When we come into context, we see that God is addressing Israel's rebellion when you look at the overall story surrounding the portion we're going to look at, but also how God is going to hold them accountable for their rebellion by entering into relationships with other gods that were adversarial to Yahweh or Jehovah and how they were partaking of rebellious lifestyles, sacrificing their kids, committing adultery, oppressing the poor. But God says that after he punishes them for their rebellion, he would bring them back to the land that he gave their ancestors, but he would also transform them from the inside out. And we're gonna see how. In Ezekiel chapter 36, starting in verse 25, it says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. So we see that God says he is going to help his people to stop having a hardened, rebellious heart. And he's going to give them a softened, fleshly heart. And he's going to put his word, write his word upon their hearts. So that way they would desire of themselves, not by force, to do the things that were in line with how God created everything to work instead of working against our creator and causing havoc around the world. So when we get to John chapter three and Jesus talking about being born again of the spirit, the religious leaders should have been able to glean or to pull from scriptures and portions of scriptures like this in order to have an idea of what Jesus was talking about. So let's go back real quick and revisit that portion of scripture and we're going to read just a bit farther in order to see what Jesus says or how Jesus said we would know when we are partaking of God's spirit. Starting at verse 1 in John chapter 3 it says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So we see that Jesus talks about being born again of the water and the Spirit. Ezekiel referencing the Spirit as the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of Yahweh, the Spirit of Jehovah. And that is just one individual instance of a reference to God giving of his spirit or his supernatural nature. In verse 6 of John chapter 3, 
Jesus said that which is born of flesh is flesh or that which is human is human and that which is born of the spirit is spirit or that which is born of the supernatural is supernatural. So Jesus is saying that we have a human birth, a natural birth, but we need to have a spiritual or a supernatural birth in order to be part of God's kingdom who is a supernatural being. As Jesus continues on in his ministry and his teaching, he gives more teachings clarifying what he means about the spirit. We find this specific teaching in the Gospel of John yet again in chapter 7 starting in verse 37. It says, On that last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So we see that Jesus says that he would give us of this Spirit, or the Spirit of God, but that the Spirit of God was not yet given in the way it was going to be, because Jesus was not yet glorified, talking about his resurrection and that is specifically named the holy spirit which is a reference to the spirit of yahweh the spirit of jehovah such as in psalm 51 verses 10 and 11. we see our creator and our god give of his spirit supernaturally and experientially i cannot overemphasize the experience part of the spirit we find in the book of Acts chapter 2 that it is a specific feast day called the Feast of Shavuot or Pentecost. And it is on this day that Jesus's remaining faithful disciples up to this point, they are spending time in prayer together. They are seeking the face of God. And as they are praying, as the feast day rolls around, that we read about this encounter. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues or languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. So we see that as Jesus's disciples were praying together, if you read chapter one, it says there were 120, including the 12 chief disciples and Jesus's mother, Mary, and that 120 out of 120 received the Holy Spirit with the supernatural sign of speaking in another language or tongue as the spirit of God gave them the ability to speak. We find this repeated about 10 years later as Jesus is expanding the church past the ethnic borders and boundaries of the Jewish people. As Jesus is calling other ethnic groups to be part of his church, he calls a man named Cornelius who was a Roman soldier. He was devout or devoted to the God of Israel, but he had not partaken of the necessary requirements to become a Jewish individual by being circumcised and going through Jewish baptism and all these different things. But God doing something new connects the dots by sending him an angel 
even though he was devout, even though he was a prayerful person, even though he gave alms. And he connects the dots on the church's end by connecting with Peter, who was Jesus's kind of chief disciple, chief apostle. And by connecting the dots supernaturally, God tells Peter, go proclaim my message to the house that I'm sending you to. As Peter gets in the house, he talks to Cornelius and he asks Cornelius why was he sent for. Peter begins to proclaim and announce Jesus' message. And while he is in the middle of his message, we read this account and encounter with the Spirit of God and Cornelius' family and household. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word and those are the circumcision talking about the Jewish believers who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God then Peter answered can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. So we see that as Peter is preaching, those of Cornelius' family and household, if it was 20, then all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. 20 out of 20 were filled with the Holy Spirit with the initial sign of speaking in another language as the Spirit gave them the ability to just as Peter said that they had received the Holy Spirit just as we have. One last clear account of people receiving the Spirit as Jesus said they would is in Acts chapter 19 starting in verse 1. In this account we find some disciples of John the Baptist who was Jesus's cousin and the Apostle Paul, the Ambassador Paul, runs into them and he asked them had they received the Holy Spirit. Up to that point, these disciples of John the Baptist weren't even aware that there was anything such as the Holy Spirit that could be received. At this point, Paul asked them how they were baptized and they referenced their baptism under John the Baptist and he tells them that they needed to be rebaptized because John the Baptist pointed to the Messiah or Christ. We find that they were rebaptized in Jesus' name. And then Paul does something by laying his hands on their foreheads and we read what the outcome is. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul having passed through the upper regions came to Ephesus and finding some disciples he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So we see that in these three accounts, that all who were receptive and open to God's supernatural presence, that all of them received the same supernatural sign in each case. In Acts chapter 2, 120 out of 120 received the supernatural sign 
of speaking in another language as the spirit of God within them enabled them to speak. In Acts chapter 10, if there were 20 people within Cornelius' household, minus Jesus' already established disciples, then all 20 received the same miraculous sign of speaking in another language as the Spirit gave them utterance or the ability to speak. As Peter said, they received the same gift that Peter did in Acts chapter 2. And then in Acts chapter 19, we see that the disciples of John, that they were rebaptized in Jesus' name and that when Paul placed his hands upon their foreheads or upon their heads, that they also received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 7 of that chapter says that there were 12 disciples in all. So all 12 out of 12 received the miraculous sign of speaking in another language as the Spirit of God enables them to. So my question to you is, have you received the miraculous sign that tells us that God has come and dwelt in us? While there can be an external experience, this same external experience is found in the Old Testament, but it was not indicating that these individuals were filled with the Spirit, just that they were having an encounter with God. Within the New Testament, we are to be filled with the Spirit of God so that, like Ezekiel said, God can write His law upon our hearts and it would cause us to desire to keep God's law instead of God's law being something external that we're trying to live up to. Now, God's law is inside, something that is flowing out of us. So tell me your thoughts about the topic. Tell me your experiences. Have you received the Holy Spirit with the accompanying supernatural sign? Or have you had an external supernatural experience with the presence of God? Or have you had an external supernatural experience with something that was a bit more scary? But just as Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 24 and Acts chapter 1, the gift of the Holy Spirit is a promise from God. In my experience, the biggest thing is learning how to position ourselves and to yield and to make ourselves vulnerable to make contact with God on that supernatural level. Each and every one of us can receive the supernatural gift and presence of God. But more than anything, the first thing it takes is for us to turn away from a lifestyle of sin, to forsake anything that comes in between us and our Creator. Because our Creator cannot live and dwell among uh, sinful environments and people that are just continuing to live in sin he wants us to live uprightly he wants us to live purely and this is why he gives us his supernatural presence like he said through ezekiel so that way we can live the way we were meant to live so if you got something out of this video i ask that you would give it a thumbs up hit the subscribe button and hit the notification bell if this is information that you actually take something away from and if you would like more in-depth videos let me know and i can get on those sooner than later but until the next video may you alert may you alert may you allow the lord to lead you guide you may you allow him to protect you and may you allow him to speak to your heart to your mind to your soul that way he can draw you to himself so you can be part of his kingdom 
and help you fulfill the purpose you were created for because someone needs you to fulfill your purpose. Until the next video, may God bless you in Jesus' name.